the strongest man in the NWA? Who's the tag team to be feared? Find out as these and other NWA superstars take to the ring in the Turner Home Entertainment home video premiere. Future Shock. Starcade 89. Future Shock is priced at just $39.98 per cassette. See who's the strongest man in the world when Turner Home Entertainment presents Starcade 89. Future Shock. Hello and welcome to another episode of By God Almighty! By God Almighty! By God Almighty! Wrestling Review, the show where we crack open some lovely cans. Oh, oh that's a lovely one. A lovely can. And we have a chat about pro wrestling of yesteryear, one pay-per-view at a time. As always, my name is Graham, and I am joined by my very own Iron Team here this evening. Ooh. The Iron Men, as it were. Dave... Hello. <laughs> looking at me. He's like, Dave. And Dermot. Oh, no, and Dermot. Oh, hello. Oh, there we are now. <laughs> How was the lads? Grand, grand, yeah. We haven't been here in a very, very long time. No, I've been looking forward to this all week. Yes. Too long. Too mm-hmm. long. We're just, we're just humans with actual lives. Yeah, like, things to do. Yeah. yeah. Graham, I oh, well, actually know I was about to go into the whole marriage. life thing. Life oh, yeah, thing. I got married there, yeah. Either way, we can cut it out. Well, you were, uh, you moved... Abode. I did indeed move yeah, abode. Yeah, 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 yeah. To a nice, to a nice, a closer, nice, a, closer a nice to. Circle. We, we have a yeah. PGA circle now. Yeah, we're all within walking distance yeah, of each other. Yeah, Derm is packing to move. Staying within the circle though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're all like fucking dopes. Yeah, <laughs> but it is Good Friday, and we are you, upholding it, the PGA I believe this tradition. is our third Good Friday in a year we've yeah. recorded. Yeah, well, you probably won't hear this to Halloween, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? but still, but still. The so magic. this time we are back at WCW for the final. Not only WCW, but the final proper pay-per-view of 89 and the 80s. We do mm-hmm. have no holds barred to come, but this is the proper start-to-finish wrestling pay-per-view yep. of the 80s. So, we made it, lads. Woo! Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. That was, well, from what, 84? 85. 85. Yeah. I think we did all right. Mm-hmm. Half, a de- half a decade? Half a decade in what? Three, three years? Now, obviously. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot and grown as people throughout oh, this experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate anybody who's called Jim Duggan a Senate base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Junkyard Dog can go fuck himself as well. He can fuck off. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Really, that's all we've learned. Uh, that's the end of the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this time around we're back at WCW for Starcade '89. Their their kind of year end show, which is their WrestleMania, as it were. And uh, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Let's yes, do it. Let's do it. It's Starcade '89. Future Shock. December 13th, 1989, which was a Wednesday. An odd Weird one. day yeah, to for a bizarre, paper bizarre. Yeah, from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, which is strange that it's the first WCW pay-per-view from Atlanta, as it, you know, it's their hometown. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now, it's not the first Starcade in that venue. The pre-pay-per-view ones, 83, 85, and 86 were there, so it is kind of their hometown. Uh, there was a claimed attendance of 10,000, but the actual was only around 6,000. Yeah, the crowd didn't look fantastic. No, which is, I I went and 
did a bit of research on it. So it's roughly thirty six percent capacity, which is Ooh, shite. Not yeah. great at all. Yeah, isn't it's it? not great at all. Yeah. When the first match is starting, there's about two thousand people in their seats. Mm. Yeah, everyone. And even when the main event is starting, obviously there's six thousand. That's the but yeah. they're not six thousand beside each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. loads of empty seats. There's loads of yeah. empty seats. Yeah. So uh, we get a short opening video package uh, that shows highlights of the. I four think those graphics. Oh, excellent! No, graphics. they are like four ninety eight nine. They really did. It wasn't just you know the way they used to just have like a yellow line had come out and it would just say WCW in white or you know like the yeah, way yeah, our, even the of. even the the name tags when wrestlers were making their entrances and stuff like kinda that. Kind of reminds me of what SmackDown are doing it like now <laughs> with their little on screen. Yeah, things. but kind of t- a bit too much on SmackDown. Yeah, kind of, you know, yeah, every single word they say. Like yeah. 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 But I do, I do get what you mean. I thought, yeah, they kind of upped the old uh, graphics package game. Yeah. No, definitely, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so we get we get a highlight of the four men and technically three of the four teams competing because yeah. we see the skyscrapers, uh, which we'll touch on in a moment. There's a military band there and they play the national anthem, uh, like an instrumental, which I thought was grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah much better than previous much, attempts that we've seen. Yeah, of like people anthem. wailing. It, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it was good. So our commentator is, our main commentator is Jim Ross. And he'll be joined by Terry Funk for the singles matches and Jim Cornette for the tag matches. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I interesting thought it was good, like, yeah, because, I liked you know, it, I liked it. former world champion and number one contender and then the arguably the most successful tag team manager in the NWA, yeah. so, you know. And Jim Cornette can talk. Terry Funk fun. sounded like he was having fun. Yeah. Maybe I won't, I won't say he was great, a brilliant, yeah, yeah. great job, but well, he, he sounded like he was enjoying himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Cornette puts over how innovative the tournament is, even though in reality he hated it and tried to get it stopped yeah, and yeah. WCW executive vice president Jim Hurd who's not a wrestling guy he's a Turner TV guy mm-hmm. uh, just told him to fuck off basically will so, we have a quick discussion about just the format of the yeah the well, we'll go into that now okay, so cool, it's a enough. round robin format mm-hmm. there's four teams four singles so two separate things pinfall victory so everyone faces everyone once so everyone wrestles three matches so uh, a pinfall or submission victory is worth 20 points a count out victory nets you 15 uh, a win by disqualification will get you 10 points and if it results in a draw like time limit double DQ count out whatever both teams or persons get 5 points apiece which sounds alright on paper but then they did this weird thing where it's like the look of the draw yeah and I didn't like that yeah you know in a normal like if you're let's say a group stage in the football world cup everyone plays everyone one plays match. one match and then they rotate and play one match it's not like you know let's say it's Denmark Mexico Sweden and America it's not like Denmark play all their three matches yeah. and then the other teams get a breather and then they, you know it's yeah. didn't make a lot of sense yeah, yeah, like, it was a very we, spe- we don't see the Simone it's, there was a specific team that was very heavy on it the first half and a specific team it was very heavy, heavy on, on the second, second half yeah. Yeah, yeah. they obviously tried to work it out mathematically so the final tag match and the final would, singles would match be deciders. would be deciders yeah. and I understand that but kind of annoyed me like yeah you that, could like, have done uh, that without making the same team go three matches in a row yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. yeah and you know the singles match wasn't a, the singles tournament sorry wasn't as bad i think there was only yeah. one case of a person wrestling two singles in a row but the tag team tournament was all over the yeah clip. it was yeah. brutal yeah, yeah. In, in in that regard anyway um i thought overall like i like the idea of it i think the idea of a kind of a, a, a one night I, I was gonna say that right sorts. so the 36 percent capacity now maybe it's because it's a wednesday but even then i know like Previously, NWA have sold out like Christmas Day and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if someone put on paper, you're going to see Flair versus Sting, and Flair versus Luger, Flair versus Muta, Muta versus Sting, and Luger versus Muta, and Luger versus Sting. There were some class matches on like, the card. I know it's only four wrestlers, but they're all going to be facing each other. And they're like, all going to be deadly. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but do you think they would have done better if they just focused on, like, 
promoting one match said okay you're gonna see Muda against Luger and you're gonna see Flair against Sting and they just promoted that rather than tournament would yeah. it have done better maybe I'm looking at it from a 2018 yeah, yeah smart mark perspective yeah. where you're like all these brilliant matches but oh yeah whereas then it's probably likely more they want to see the story yeah you know yeah, yeah definitely yeah, so that's the real and that's the real important part yeah yeah this, this period but the good thing about a tournament is that even if you're not familiar with the story you can figure out what's going on very yeah, quickly yeah, very and you're gonna get also invested. the thing about this story is i can just give the background in one go yeah and i have to do it at the start of every match yeah which is good <laughs> yeah uh, so firstly we get all the teams on the stage what did you think of the stage oh that was probably yeah. the highlight of the show America's Got Talent or yeah. something <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminded me of Gladiators yeah there was the big like pyramid of steps with the lights and then there was like kind of ramp platforms on the on the left and right side so that's where we are at the start so the it's firstly at the team tournament so it's a great visual all four teams are on the stage on the platforms at the side and they're introduced by ring announcer Gary Capetta and some not so great pyro goes off so the teams are Doom Doom 1 and Doom 2 mm-hmm. or Ron Simmons and Butch Reed and they're with their manager Woman and her bodyguard Nitron who has a mullet ding ding 1 the Road Warriors Hawk and Animal Animal is a mullet we've called it a mullet before yeah, so it's going to um, and their manager Precious Paul Ellering the Ellering the Merciless <laughs> it does look very it looks like the Merciless yeah the he, does, he does that moustache the New World Samoans, formerly known as the Samoan SWAT team, Fatu and the Samoan Savage, and their manager is the big kahuna, Oliver Humperdinck, who also has a mullet. Yes. And the final team, the only team without a manager, is the NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Steiner Brothers, Rick and Scott, who has a beautiful mullet. We should almost count From Scott's Detroit, Michigan. as two, because yeah. it's so good. It is so beautiful. Yeah, so absolutely, yeah. I'll give, a, I'll give a bit of background on the Iron Team tournament. So, firstly... As you may have guessed by the opening package, the New World Samoans are a replacement for the Skyscrapers, who they advertised, and I think they actually were trying to get them to wrestle on the show, Uh, but they were pulled from the show because at Clash of the Champions 9, Sid suffered a punctured lung, which is not nice. They thought he might be able to recuperate in time. That was, um, I think that was worked on the commentary, saying the Steiners gave him a punctured lung or something like that. No, he really did get a punctured lung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. No, I know, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I thought you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... On our Halloween Havoc 89 episode, we discussed the background of Doom versus the Steiners feud. And on that show, Doom beat the Steiners by using the loaded mask. Also on that episode, the Road Warriors defeated the Skyscrapers by disqualification when Dan Spivey used Teddy Long's joint metal key as a weapon in plain view of the ref. At Clash of the Champions 9, the Steiners defended their World Tag Team titles against the Skyscrapers and won by disqualification when Doom attacked. Both heel teams beat up the Steiners until the Road Warriors ran in for the save. And then since then, there's been nothing physical on TV because they were probably wondering would the skyscrapers get involved. So it was literally just every episode was just a different competitor or manager doing a promo against the other. If it was a heel manager, he'd be talking about the other two face teams. And if it was a face manager, he'd be talking about the other two heel yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. So just to try and keep, the, to try and keep the interest yeah. in the team thing going. So our first match is Doom versus the Steiner Brothers. Before we get on, I will introduce Nitron. Yeah, tell, 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 so, tell me something about this guy. Nitron, real name Tyler Main, which is also a fucking cool name for a <laughs> yeah. wrestler. Uh, he's a Canadian wrestler who trained briefly with Stu Hart and then later with Red Bastion and Eddie Guerrero's older brother, Mando Guerrero. Tyler Main debuted in 1986. He wrestled in various small promotions in Canada, South Africa, the UK, and even did a short tour in New Japan, teaming with Bob Orton Jr. and Barry Orton. 
We will see him actually wrestle a few times in the future, but he'd retire in 1996 and move into acting, where he's best known for playing Sabretooth in the first X-Men film. No way! And Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie remakes of Halloween and Halloween 2. So go. there you are. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nitron did all right for himself. He didn't do too bad. Now, I remember Sabretooth all yeah. right. Yeah. Nitron. There he is. So the match itself is... The Steiners work over Ron Simmons early with slams and throws. Simmons escapes a hammerlock by hitting Rick with a stunner, but quickly ends up a victim of a lovely overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Butch Reed tags in and gets some quick offense early, but Rick fights back with a power slam and gets a near fall. Jim Ross covers for the very visible empty seats by saying a lot of fans are arriving late and that the lobby is full of fans waiting to enter. Why you lying, Jim? Why you lying? The pace slows down as the Steiners each work a headlock on Reed and Scott gets a two count from a rib breaker. Simmons tags in and Scott tries to clothesline him but misses and flies to the outside. Simmons distracts the ref while Reed and Nitron beat up Scott on the floor. Back inside, Simmons gets a two count from a beautiful scoop power slam. Doom put the boots to Scott and throw him out to get beaten down by Nitron again. Doom continue their relentless beatdown of Scott and get another near fall from an Alabama slam style spine buster. Scott backdrops his way out of a pile driver attempt and hits a desperation belly to belly suplex before getting the hot tag to Rick which receives a nice pop. Rick unleashes Steiner lines and power slams. Nitron grabs Rick's foot under the bottom rope and ends up on the receiving end of a Steiner line for his troubles. A four way brawl erupts outside the ring but Rick gets back in at the 9 count to win the match by count out and pick up 15 points at 12 minutes 24 seconds. That's the shoot time, by the way, yeah. and I'll be given the shoot times because cool. Gary Capet was like, he, bullshit. he'd say four, 14 minutes have elapsed and it'd be nine minutes or he'd be saying 10 minutes have elapsed and it'd be 15 minutes. Yeah. Have got, you know, it was, nah, someone yeah, must have been just in his ear saying, same. say five minutes and yeah. he'll do whatever. Yeah. So 12.24 is the shoot time and any times I give will be the, the shoot times. What do you think of these, this opener? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, yeah. a very solid opener. Yeah. And um, there were some lovely spots that um, kind of the bear hug suplex was like a belly to belly. That yeah. it was. He, he picked him up and, and then suplexed him. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. did it like, you know, yeah. it was really nice. nice. Um, that power slam from Ron Simmons as well. I really wanted to call that out. That was fucking. Yeah, it's, he does it really well. That's the is like power slams. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, when I said scoop power slam, I, I might actually do a, like a. You can do a word count, can't you, in Google Docs for how many times you wrote Scoop Power Slam? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the fucking amount of them. There's so many of them. Like. <laughs> it's out, but I like them. Yeah, I so do yeah, like yeah, them. No, yeah. and most of them are executed really well. Because I believe, I believe, like, you've previously asked that question about shit moves. Yeah. 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 You've probably yeah, said, do you like bear hugs? But, yeah, like, yeah. like power I really do. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're not bad. Like. They're pretty good. The crowd were going, they were, were crazy towards, like, the kind of the latter half of the match. Mm. Like, they were really popping for the Steiners. Um, there was a serious, a serious clout when um, when Rick was uh, dealing out the, the Steiner lines. Yeah. I can't remember who From he gave it tag. to. I can't remember who he yeah. gave it to, but no, it was just towards the end okay, of, okay. The, of the kind of yeah. you know the, the comeback, like yeah. you know. And he gave I can't remember which one of which one of Doom it was, yeah. but he gave one of them a massive Steiner line and the sound off it. I literally I jumped. I actually <laughs> stood up and I was like, oh my god! When he hit a Nitron with on the outside, looked a bit. Sore as well. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he laid into Neutron. Kind of hit him in the head more than. Yeah, the, he probably felt because Neutron's like a he's a seven, he's over he's seven huge, foot, yeah, yeah. so he probably felt he had to jump and he probably jumped too far and just walloped him. But it was yeah. beautiful. I thought I didn't. I guess on a negative side, not nothing to do with the match itself. Neutron himself, yeah. like his gear made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> it was like black it was tights in, with a leather yeah. jacket or something, wasn't it? Like it yeah. was real kind of. One thing I'll say now: spoiler for all the other Doom matches. 
no, they didn't use the same routine where Neutron got involved in all Doom's matches. Like, I think you know what? I was, I, I'll get into more detail, but I was pleasantly surprised by yeah, their performance. Yeah. And obviously, since it's Ron Simmons and with Reed, like you know, yeah, it's, yeah. They, I was really impressed in them. I, I, I remember Doom from the last one. Yeah, and, and I remember Butch Reed hasn't impressed us at all no, in the singles no, wrestling. No. Not at all. No, but I remember them being very middle of the road, just like yeah. two big guys in yeah. masks. Yeah, but. Even their psychology in these matches throughout the entire card, I was very yeah. impressed with, you know. Yeah. Um, overall, I thought it was a really strong opener. Yeah. Any, any match with Rick and Scott, you're going <laughs> yeah. to be fucking savage. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, good match, great match. Yeah, it was good. Like, two big, strong physical teams yeah, going exactly. at it. It was, like, what you want to start off the show. But uh, I thought it was kind of funny the way it was, like, when the big, massive brawl breaks out, it's... Rick Steiner is the only one who has the wherewithal to get back into the yeah. ring in time. Like yeah, the fucking Egypt who talks and you'll to notice, his hand. You'll notice a lot, like even because some in some matches they get entered because they they rush this pay per view so well. Well, there's so much yeah. on it, like. But you'll notice even during some entrances when the Steiner's getting entrance, Rick is still like he does these little hints of being a comedian. Like it's just really, was, really subtle. Yeah, yeah they, really no, there good. was one part where he was actually two of them were standing on the top of the at the top of the stage, yeah. and he just goes over to one of the lights and starts playing with it. Like, yeah, you know, he's just like. Yeah, and scratching his head. And like, then, like, no. when they're coming down the actual <laughs> ramp, he, like, you know, the way, like, a dog or a cat will test something if they don't think it's stable to jump onto? He's, like, putting his foot on the ramp to see will he go flying. Even though Scott yeah. is, like, halfway down. It, like. He's brilliant. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. Any more thoughts on the match, Jim? No, no. no. Yeah, I thought it was He's a so- solid opener. It was. It was it was just powerhouse first, but yeah, wasn't it? It was suplex and slams. And That's a team do, that do, we're It's have Doom. Doom in general are a punch kick team, but they're not offensive with it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, I know what you mean. Okay. Not offensive to our sensibilities. I like. thought it was. A, I thought it was a fairly decent opener. All right, yeah. So now we move on to the singles tournament. Mm-hmm. So Gary Capetta again announces the four singles competitors the same way he did the tag teams, but they're all behind individual curtains, and you get to see their silhouettes through it. I thought that was deadly. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. It was a really good presentation. Yeah, after the first time, because whoever they announced first it was like I didn't know what was going on because they announced them and then yeah. he, the camera was just like showing random people yeah it took a while to go back to it like, to go yeah. to Muda yeah. but other than that it was a really good presentation yeah. of like the competitors so the four people in the singles tournament are the world television champion the great Muta along with his manager Gary Hart he's the only one with a manager in this tournament uh, Sting the United States heavyweight champion the total package Lex Luger and the world heavyweight champion sorry for the sixth, sixth time! time yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so I'll, I'll explain my hatred for that in a minute. When it gets annoying. The six-time World Heavyweight Champion, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. So, uh, let's just count those mullets here oh, while we're apologies. here. Oh, um, Sting has a little rat tail, so what do you... Th- are we counting him? I would say no, personally. Okay, I would say okay. no. That's, well, that's how we walk. L- Luger work. certainly has a mullet. Yeah, Luger has a mullet. Jesus. A nice mullet. Flair? Flair has a mullet. Flair's a mullet. There we go, then. Um, That's that, isn't it? Terry Funk has a mullet when he's on commentary, I think. He counts. Any, yeah. Anyone on, on commentary. Anyone within who does something like that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it really, yeah. So, the background to the Iron Man. So, Flair and Sting have been feuding with Gary Hart and the JTEX Corporation since the summer. The JTEX Corporation. <laughs> and on our Great American Bash 89 episode, we saw Sting defend his TV title against Muta with a disputable finish, the double bridge shoulder up mm. thing. That's the technical name. The title was then vacated and Muda later defeated Sting for the title in a rematch in September. Also at Great American Bash, Flair successfully defended his world title against JTEX member Terry Funk. But after the match, he was attacked by Funk and Muta, resulting in Sting running out to make the save and a two-on-two brawl breaking out. On our Halloween Havoc 89 episode, we saw Flair and Sting defeat Funk and Muta in a Thunderdome match. Then, 
a lot happens at Clash of Champions 9 so bear with me <laughs> <laughs> Clash of Champions 9 Lex Luger successfully defended his US heavyweight title against Brian Pillman by using a steel chair while the ref was knocked down after the match Luger continued to use the chair on Pillman until Sting ran out and challenged Luger to a fight but Luger backed off later in the night Flair defeated Terry Funk in an I quit match after the match Funk shook Flair's hand resulting in Gary Hart attacking Funk for losing and shaking hands with Flair and he kicked Terry Funk out of JTEX so that's why he's on commentary or not. Yeah, yeah. Flair then attacked Hart but was in turn jumped by Muta. Sting then ran out to make the save and he put Hart in the Scorpion Deathlock while Flair put Muta in the figure four. However, Luger then ran out, knocked out Sting with a steel chair and helped Muta and Hart beat up Flair. So then on the November 25th episode of WCW Saturday Night, Flair put the world title on the line against Muta and won by disqualification when the Dragon Master interfered. Dragon the Dragon Master, Master, along with Muta, Hart and the new JTEX member Buzz Sawyer, then beat up Flair in the middle of the ring to close the show. The following week, Lex Luger defeated a jobber in a matter of minutes but refused to let go of the torture rack after the match. Sting ran out and attacked Luger, who got out of the way of a stinger splash by the skin of his teeth and bolted from the arena. Later on the same show, Ric Flair challenged Gary Hart to meet him in the ring the following week, where he would unveil a surprise for Hart and the JTEX. Mm-hmm. So the next week, Hart met with Flair in the ring, but before Flair could unveil a surprise, the rest of JTEX showed up. But Flair struck force, and as they were trying to attack Flair, his surprise came to the rescue, Ole and Arn Anderson. They fought off JTEX and announced they were reforming the Horsemen. This is obviously the departure of the Brain Busters from uh, yeah. WA back to NWA. So what do you think of uh, the return of the Horsemen and Aaron Anderson to WCW? And the background to this in general is pretty It's pretty well booked. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just listening to that and yeah. I was like, Jesus, I wish I had known this stuff before watching yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. It would have provided so much more context and it would yeah. have been a lot more kind of involved in like... But yeah, no, really well booked by the sounds of it, all right. Yeah. It sounds savage. Pity Tully did a lot of coke and Ted Turner didn't want anything to do with him, isn't it? It is, but like... At least we're getting Aaron. Oh, yeah, Aaron. Beautiful Aaron. So, so beautiful. Oh, isn't he? Yeah. I just want to his polo shirt I just later. Wanna, uh, like, he's good fall, at wearing polo shorts. I want to fall asleep next to him. Uh, Is that yeah. weird? No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Would you prefer to fall asleep next to him or wake up next to him? Both. Can I have both? <laughs> can, I, can I have both? He's not going to leave you. Like, Aaron no. <laughs> He doesn't seem like the kind of guy to leave. <laughs> so our fourth singles match is Sting versus Lex Luger. So Luger does the classic heel act of getting angry at the crowd and walking to the back, but Sting gives chase and attacks. That doesn't make any sense in this tournament. No, absolutely no. not for a like if you're, time yeah, limit. Yeah, if you're defending, like, you won't win points. Like If yeah. you're defending your title, you can retain it by count Then it makes sense, but you're going to lose me. Yeah. In the rings, Sting attempts a crossbody, but Luger ducks and Sting flies over the top rope. However, he grabs hold of the rope to stay on the apron, hits Luger with a running clothesline from the apron and lands a slingshot splash for a two count. Sting unleashes a flurry of clotheslines and Luger bails out. They brawl back and forth outside and eventually go back in. Sting goes in via a diving crossbody for another two count. Sting works on Luger's arm for a short while and gets a couple more near falls including another from a crossbody. Sting heads up top for a third crossbody attempt but Luger catches him and hits an inverted atomic drop and follows it up with another. Luger puts a beating on Sting both in and out of the ring. With three minutes announced remaining Sting starts firing back but Luger cuts him off with a power slam. He attempts the torture rack, but Sting manages to slip out. With two minutes left, Sting no-sells Luger's strikes and starts fighting back. With one minute left, Luger rolls outside, Sting follows and they brawl. They climb up on the apron and awkwardly try to tumble back over the top rope so in. Awkward. But referee Nick Patrick has to aid them. Luger lands on top, puts his foot on the rope for leverage, which the ref doesn't see, and counts the pinfall, giving Luger the win and 20 points at 11 and a half minutes. 
Mm. I really enjoyed this match up until the yeah. botched finish. Mm. Now, I think the finish is a good booking wise, as in, like, Luger cheated to win and beat Sting. But the, exec- the execution, the execution right? was yeah. awful. It was it was awful. But this match was it was like it was much more fast paced than the first. Definitely. And it it really got me into it then I was like, this is gonna be good. But then at the end I was like, Oh that was it was sloppy. Yeah. But otherwise I thought it was a really enjoyable match. I think if it hadn't already been announced that there was like only one minute remaining and Mm. they had to get to that finish, I'd say they probably would have done something else and like either redone the spot or else changed the finish. Yeah. But they just didn't have time because everyone everyone was probably counting down to their head like Yeah. 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 But it was, oh, it was so awkward when they were trying to get over the ropes. It was just, it kind of yeah, ruined the whole there, match. Like, yeah. God. Yeah, I, th- I thought overall it was a it was a really enjoyable match. It yeah. was some nice kind of hard-hitting work there at the start when he was fucking, you you have, you have wrote it down as Sting unleashes a flurry of clotheslines. Yeah. I have it down as Stinger is bashing Luger. <laughs> they both <laughs> mean the same thing. They both mean the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked that. that like, there was like there was a real kind of like intense hard hitting nature to the whole thing and um, the crowd are really into it they as well and yeah. um, that three minutes was probably the longest three minutes of my life and not because the match was born just because it wasn't actually three minutes oh yeah yeah <laughs> it was very long <laughs> um, and i thought yeah like i agree completely agree with you guys um i thought the booking of the finish was great the idea that like you know there, there's no necessarily kind of distinct advantage they both fall over the top rope luger wins by putting his feet on the ropes mm. deadly yeah but that fucking the way they did the, it was the, bad the five or six seconds they spent trying to get over the top rope there and the, and the blatant <laughs> really, the blatant really the Nick Patrick the... like pushing yeah, them down shoving like... them down yeah like. <laughs> uh, so yeah overall like, you know it didn't really yeah. take away too much from the enjoyment of the match but it was really really good though straight up next we have not we have no basically no promos on this show yeah. straight up next is another tag team match and like we were saying earlier the look of the draw fucks you over so Doom are back even though they just wrestled the last tag team match and it's Doom versus the Road Warriors Reed and Animal start but Hawkers quickly tag in and they do that classic big man versus big man tackle spot where neither man can take each other down when Hawk comes out the better with a clothesline Simmons tags in and they try to tackle each other again a few times but Hawk comes out on top again with a big power slam Hawk goes for a shoulder thrust in the corner but ends up colliding with the ring post and spilling outside, allowing Doom to go on the offensive. They mostly do punch kick stuff with some slams thrown in and some cheating behind the ref's back. Hawk's hand drops twice in a sloppy sleeper hold. It's it's a bad sleeper hold, but yeah. But he fights back to his feet, falls on top of Simmons when Simmons tries a body slam and hot tags Animal. A four-way brawl breaks out and Reed tries to pile driver Animal, but while the ref is getting Simmons out of the ring, Hawk flies off the top and hits Reed with a vicious clothesline allowing Animal to make the pin at 8.5 minutes and the Road Warriors get 20 points yeah yeah Yeah, that that clothesline was just it was was nasty it was like fuck you clothesline it put the fucking the cherry on top of this match (laughs) yeah for me like you know I really would not like to be on the receiving end of that let me tell you That's that's all I've got. And he doesn't even get air of notes. He no, seems no, to dive downwards. It's all about maximum impact. There's no yeah. like points here for presentation. No, no flips. No, just fucking kill him. I think that, that's a running theme throughout this entire show. I think yeah. for the most part, no flips, just murder. Yeah, just batter. Yeah, except for when Muta and Stinger in there. Yeah, <laughs> a few flips. Muta and Flair to a smaller to a lesser yeah, extent yeah, yeah, as well, yeah. I guess. But uh, for this match, um, like I thought, it was it was a lot of fun. Mm. You know. Yeah, four big guys I, beating the shit out of each other, slamming each like other. It wasn't the greatest match ever. No, but no absolutely it not. Absolutely. If someone goes, you're about to watch a tight team match of Doom versus Road Warriors. 
it lived up to it's what exactly what I was expecting. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? One hundred percent. It's yeah, it's kind of like like if you someone told you like you're gonna watch this match and it's gonna be like I suppose from a modern perspective you'd be like it's gonna be like strong style. They're gonna beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And it like wasn't a technical masterpiece, but like it doesn't need to be. They fucking exactly. killed each no, other. It's good. Yeah. No, they don't. They, just, no. you know? they need to. They need to get you involved. That is. This is it. And I felt the Road Warriors really did that in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the Road Warriors do that all the time. Yeah. Just, they, by, just by looking just, at them yeah, involved. Yeah, like, you know? But they were really like the crowd are really into it. Like in yeah, this one especially. Yeah, yeah there was LOD too. chants and all. Like, yeah, yeah. Were they when they came out? Were their spikes extra spiky? Yeah, they even had it on their legs. Did you notice those straps around their legs? Like, I think they had invested in some new spikes. They were very nice. One thing I will. This is a very much a nitpicky thing, and it's probably coming oh, from a, kind of a biased side of me, a, like a kind of a fanish kind of side of me. Yeah. But that whole spot to start where they were doing the shoulder blocks, yeah. mm. and like neither of them were going down. I find it very hard to believe that anyone could withstand a shoulder block from Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anybody can, it's Ron Simmons. No, I don't even think Ron Simmons. Can no, do it. He can, Ron Simmons. <laughs> yeah. Who was it who said it? it? Was a Triple H who said it before? He's like, I've never seen Ron Simmons in the gym. He just is. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, Ron I've never Simmons. seen him in shit, but he's huge. Like, he's like, I've never actually seen him lift weights, but he's always just ripped and massive. It's just Ron Simmons, like, <laughs> yeah. Eight and, and a half minutes, I think, was the perfect time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't want because there are a few matches on this. I feel go a bit too long for the 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 time the constraints involved. that they have. Yeah, the matches could have gone on quite a bit shorter, and they could have added a bit more context around what was going on. In Promos, terms of, yeah, or post yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So match number four. Is the Great Muta versus Ric Flair? After we've just been talking about how all the matches could have been shorter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some fast-paced sequences to start, and Muta quickly unleashes very aggressive martial arts strikes, along with his signature handspring back elbow and flashing elbow drop. Flair fights back, and they exchange stiff chops, as is always yeah, in a Ric Flair absolutely. match. Flair hits a shinbreaker and slaps on the figure four, but the Dragon Master and Buzz Sawyer run out, but they're met by Arn and Ollie Anderson, and all hell breaks loose. Flair is distracted trying to grab Gary Hart, allowing Muta to hit Flair with a rib breaker. He tries the moonsault, but Flair gets the knees up and then rolls Muta up with a small package to win the match in the 20 points in 1 minute 55 seconds. Very upsetting. Poor Muta. I'll be honest. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. yeah. First of all, there's two fucking bitches in, this, in these two tournaments. Yeah. And it's Muta yeah. and Doom. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? And, and the fact that, like... Up until this point, Muda is undefeated in WCW an entire yeah. year. He's never then, been pinned, and then it, well, he gets pinned like three or four times in one night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like his contract was coming up, wasn't it? Though? It was. So yeah, that's, yeah. But that still, explains it. Yeah. They could have like it was such an anticlimactic way to end that undefeated streak. Yeah, like, and yeah. when I saw Muda and Flair and the way it started off the first minute, I was like, they were. It was like, ah! yeah. and then it's just over. I was like, what the fuck was? I that? have a line here. Yeah, and I say, I one of my one of my lines is, I have what a savage letdown of a match. Yeah. yeah, because the one and a half minutes that we actually got yeah. was deadly. Yeah, but it was only one and a half. I minutes. would say it's like, it's probably the greatest sub two minute match I've ever seen. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was actually like there was no botches or lull. No, obviously, you can't have a lull in a two minute. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have a lull in a two minute match, but. Like, chin lock yeah you could, Jim Duggan would do a chin lock if he was told to do 90 seconds like, yeah, exactly. but yeah. no it was it was it was, it was cool. like if you say do you want a really good 1 minute 55 second match that was it yeah. <laughs> but I'd rather see Flair and Muta bang out a nice 9 minute match yeah, and yeah. make me really happy like yeah, yeah. alright so the commentary did a really good job of kind of putting across the fact that Ric Flair likes to fight longer matches yeah. didn't they yeah and he was very quick to wrap this one up 
Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a kind of common theme along most of Ric Flair's matches throughout this thing, throughout this tournament. Like, yeah. you know, and you can, like, you can kind of see he's changing his tactics. and Yeah, well, he knows there's a 15-minute time limit as opposed Whereas to... Whereas he likes to bang out a 40-minute match. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was really nice the way the commentary team were getting that So across. he wants to wrap that up so then when he's work, going with Luger and Sting, he, he can... Go he'll be fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So match number five is the Steiner brothers versus the Road Warriors, face versus face. Uh, so we do see some sportsmanship at the start, some handshaking and high-fiving and that sort of lark. Hawk and Scott start and do some nice back-and-forth crisp wrestling, including Hawk hitting an Enziguri. Fucking great sound from Scott Steiner, <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Like, yeah. he's drilled his head into the mat, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> Animal and Rick tag in and also go back-and-forth with Rick hitting a nasty-looking Steiner line, as all Steiner lines are, <laughs> and a lovely belly-to-belly suplex for a near-fall. More tags and Hawk press-slams Scott like he's a baby for a two-count and gets another near-fall off a nasty big boot. Scott fights back but nearly has his head taken off with a vicious clothesline from Animal out of the corner. Hawk follows up with a Canadian backbreaker and a snap gut-wrench suplex for a two-count. In desperation, Scott hoists Hawk onto the turnbuckles and then hits an overhead belly-to-belly off the middle rope. <laughs> <laughs> But Animal quickly tags in and slows the pace with a bear hug. They beat up Scott some more and hit him with a bridging belly-to-back suplex and diving clothesline double team, which ends with both men's shoulders down finish, with Scott getting his shoulders up just before three and picking up 20 points for the Steiners at 7 minutes 27 seconds. I didn't like that finish. I don't mind the double shoulders, but like, we know that's not the doomsday device. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like... Why are they doing a suplex and clothesline instead of the Queen's oh, chair clothesline yeah, or whatever yeah. you want to call it? I was kind of like, ah. But that was a small issue in a hard-hitting bloke match where <laughs> they just, you know. That. And Scott was, a, Scott. I know it was babyface versus babyface, but they did the right thing in making the Road Warriors the heelish team. Yeah, and they, yeah. they got the heat by beating up Scott and Scott was in bits and then, you know, he got, they didn't even do a hot, t- I think, this is the only tag team match out of all of them where they didn't do the hot tag. They had a different type of finish where, you know... You know I didn't I, notice I, that. I, know, I, I could be watching, wrong. I could be wrong. I was watching through all the tag matches and I was like, one thing that this is really showing is the fact that all of these tag matches have yeah. the same structure. They you do could, really. See I think all, this like, is the only one where there isn't a hot tag. Yeah, yeah. And Scott just, you know... From, and Jim Ross even puts it over from his amateur wrestling days. Yeah. Don't keep your shoulders on the mat. So, he, yeah. you know, he was bridged back and he knew to get the shoulder up. And I thought that was... It was at least a, a different finish to the rest. I thought of uh, Jim Cornette did a really good job of putting over the fact that, like, if this is a straight up wrestling match, then the Steiners are gonna have the advantage. But if it goes into like a brawl and it gets yeah, nasty, then yeah. the Road Warriors are gonna win. Yeah, it actually got to that stage. Yeah, at some point, and he was like, "I told you, it's the Road Warriors." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that fucking uh, belly to belly off the second rope, that, that landing. Nasty. Like, yeah. thank God he has massive traps because yeah, otherwise yeah, that could have yeah, been a course, broken yeah, neck. Yeah, broken like, neck, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. Fucking hell. Like, oh. like I was, 1989, like Steiners against the Rotors is, is a dream match, absolutely. and I really enjoyed this match. And I'm kind of upset that I don't think we're ever gonna get to see it again. I don't believe so. No, because I would like to see not unless we see on some sort of Japanese show but longer I don't think so. match between yeah. them where one was maybe face and one was heel and they were one like was having, actually here. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we will. Unfortunately, but but, yeah. but it was enjoyable what we did see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Match number six, the Great Muta versus Sting. So they trade full Nelsons to start. Muta forces the break in the corner and unloads kicks before landing a headlock takedown. 
Sting shoots Muda off the ropes and hits a reverse monkey flip and takes control. Sting goes for the Scorpion Deathlock early, but Muda scrambles and rolls outside for a breather. Muda rakes the eyes to take control. He hits his flashing elbow and then puts Sting in the cattle mutilation. Yes. The old That's finisher right. of Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. It was not obviously not called that. They said, oh, what a lovely manoeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I thought that was, that was deadly that to was see that in 1989. After a short while, Sting reverses out of it and fires up with right hands and smashes Muda into the turnbuckles and gets a near fall from a nice press slam. Muda battles back, ramming Sting into the corner and dishes out chops and kicks. He hits the rib breaker, which signals the moonsault is coming. Sting moves out of the way of the moonsault, but Muda lands on his feet and hits Sting with a jumping spin kick to the face. Muda goes up top, but Sting hits a big drop kick, crotching Muda on the turnbuckles. Sting capitalises and hits a superplex for the pinfall and 20 points at 8 minutes 41 seconds. And all of a sudden, Muda's lost two matches. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that was a great match yeah. it was it was very good yes yeah. that was beautiful um, yeah no, like it wasn't as good as their match at the Great American Bash but it was still a really good yeah, match yeah. Um, everything like in this it seemed like was a little bit ahead of its time like they were so yeah. fast like paced the cotton and, mutilation yeah. and the jumping spin kick to the yeah. face yeah. And, and all that the, like yeah, at one point <laughs> Terry Funk on commentary is just like I'm looking at these guys doing all these flips and I'm thinking I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, he, does, and, he does say that. Uh, and, then, and then I'm like thinking in my head, oh, Terry, is this where you decided it would be a good idea to start doing a fucking moonsault in yeah, your yeah. 60s in ECW yeah. and wreck your knees? Onto guardrails. Springboard moonsaults to the outside. 60-year-old God Terry damn Funk. it, Terry Funk. Yeah, I wish Save. I could do those. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can. <laughs> uh, it's like backstage. No, do you teach me how to do that moonsault? <laughs> Yeah, I really like this match. Yeah, no, it was great. I thought it was a fairly, a really kind of solid uh, schooling session. Wasn't it? Yeah, on a, on how to do. Here's two lads who are at the, the fucking prime of their careers. Yeah. Um, and they're just put on a fantastic match. That superplex at the very end, I thought, was fairly nasty. It was like a it, release. It was like super suspended or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It was not, crazy. not that he released them off the top, but as they were both, like as they were both parallel to the ground. He left like yeah. they weren't touching each other. Like whatever, it was really whatever, weird, yeah, wasn't whatever it? way they did it, it looked deadly. It was good. You it know? was really good. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Jeremy. Speaking you were of deadly. Oh, that's oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's no, great. That's, that's deadly. Lovely. That is really good. If yeah, I'm honest, that's yeah. really good. Cantal mutilation. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Smash that off my head. Also, one thing I'd like to point out about Muta is it's just his physical movements. Like, the way he kind of, like, he... He's different, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's very different. different to, he's very upright. Yeah, yeah, anyone you'd see around now. The way like, even his hands, the way they move. He's got the... Very... Nakamura is similar. Maybe not in the yeah. exact same moves, but they move uniquely. I'd say Nakamura is a lot more... Like, he would be the 2018 equivalent of the different style of yeah. physical Like, if posture, you go like, into SmackDown and another way you'd pick... I also called WWE 2K whatever but I call it Smackdown you go into Smackdown and you pick like you know when you're picking like stance you you know which one is Nakamura so you'd know yeah, like if you were, yeah. if you if was back then you'd know you'd which know one is Mutas yeah, do you know yeah, that way very distinctive yeah it's yeah. very distinct like so that's 6 out of 12 matches already lads 12. and if you can do a bit of Mathematicas that does sound like does that mean we're at um, the midpoint history it was not at all no no oh Half-time history! Half-time history! <laughs> yes! Half-time history! 
That was an extended yeah, extended was, cut there, wasn't I, it? I was yeah. Just using the old whammy bar there. Or, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so halftime history. What is happening at the end of 1989? Tell me. I will tell what you. What is now. happening at that weekend? The Irish number one was "Do They Know It's Christmas Time," but it's a fake one. It's not the one with all the celebrities that you know. Oh, oh wow! Uh, that was like 1984 or something. Oh, so this is so, like the remake. Uh, uh, yeah, and there was only like the most famous person is probably Cliff Richard. Oh, it was like a load of people trying to cash in and yeah. you know what I mean so fuck them uh, the US number one was we didn't start the fire what a cracker by Billy Joel it was always burning to be fair it was always yeah, burning yeah. like you know yourself uh, the number one film was The War of the Roses starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner mm. I've heard of it but never seen I've it I've heard of it yeah, same. Uh, I'm sorry if you can hear it. is that a seagull or a baby I think it's a cat oh well shut up shut <laughs> fuck up Anyway, the only other that film, worked. the only other film of note that was released at the time was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, Belter! I haven't seen that. Christmas Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Okay. No, no, yeah, one, no, no, I've never seen it. Like, so. oh, what? No. What the fuck did you do with your Christmases? Watch Home Alone like well, a real person. Home, yeah. <laughs> well, but then after you watch Home Alone one, two, and maybe three. Yeah, maybe it. three if it was ninety six. Um, yeah, um, oh. probably watch not. Even just watch like the cartoon intro before it goes into the actual okay. film because that is deadly. <laughs> right. And also, this pay per view is uh, also the day Taylor Swift was born. Oh. So there you go. Oh, if you're a, if you're a Tay Tay fan or whatever you want to call yourself, uh, yeah, Swifter. Is it Swifter? I have no idea. I'm just putting it out there. They do have names for fans these Swifty. days, unfortunately, don't they? Have things. Yeah, yeah. So that's about it. Um, that's it for halftime history. Halftime history. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, yeah. That was nice. As it is halfway, Jim Ross, Jim Cornette, and Jim G- Jimmy Funk. No thanks. Jim Ross, Jim Cornette, and Terry Funk look over the tournament board and give their opinion on the event so far. Terry Funk picks Lex Luger as his eventual winner. Who does Jim Cornette pick? I didn't write this down. He picked the Warrior Road Warriors. You would assume he'd pick a heel team. Oh, does he pick the Samoans because they haven't wrestled yet? Yeah, I think maybe, he does something maybe, like that. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of the Samoans, match number seven is the new Wild Samoans versus Doom. Heel versus heel. Interesting. Uh, so, woman has changed her dress again. Yep. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. You know, gimmick infringement. Yeah, you're but, not you Miss know, Elizabeth, but Elizabeth, come on. What can we do? Uh, we also get a look at Norman the Lunatic dressed as Santa Claus, giving out candy to the audience. What's that about? He's just, a, he's just a wrestler who's in WCW. He's just a lunatic. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gives out candy. Yeah, so... Heel versus heel. We'll see how this one plays out. So Reed and Fatu start off and it's a stalemate in the lockup. Reed hits a body slam and taunts Fatu. Fatu turns the tables and hits a running power slam which Reed basically no sells and Fatu taunts Reed back. They exchange headbutts until both are staggering and need to tag out. The Samoan Savage and Simmons pick up the pace with Simmons hitting a scoop power slam <laughs> and a headbutt but it has no effect and the Savage lands a super kick but misses a splash off the top and Doom take control beating on the Samoan Savage, including Reed getting a near fall from a swinging neckbreaker and some illegal double teaming behind the ref's back. The Savage finally manages to sidestep a diving shoulder block and hot tag in Fatu, who lays out Reed with a flying headbutt for a near fall. Reed and Fatu run at one another and collide heads, with Reed falling to the mat and Fatu against the ropes. While the ref is getting Simmons out of the ring, the big kahuna pushes Fatu off the ropes on top of Reed and the ref counts three to give the Samoans 20 points at 8 minutes 22. Wasn't I, a big fan of the finish, personally. I thought, I didn't like it at first, but I kind of got it in the replay. 
the replay showed it a bit better. It made more sense when I kind of yeah, I did. If I if I was live in the crowd, I'd go, "What the fuck was that?" But because of I got to see it three or four times, I understood it then. But yeah, understood what, what they mean. were trying to do. But again, yeah. I didn't think the execution was great. I think uh, Fatu hot shot at it, and he felt he seen the big Kahuna and just went for it. He didn't actually feel the big Kahuna properly yeah, push yeah, him yeah, like yeah. or something like that. I did like how I don't know foreshadowing is the word. But how Reed and Fatu had headbutted each other before in the match, because you know everyone knows Samoans have hard heads. That's like one of the wrestling rules. Like, but they show that Reed could kind of stand toe to toe with them when it came to it. And I like the way they did that early, and then later on they, you know, so they showed that Doom could hurt the Samoans with headbutts. Yeah. It was a they have masks. Yeah, it was a tiny thing, but that makes no, it's, it's, it made the, the finish kind of make sense. You, you like don't yeah. even, you don't even recognize that consciously, but it's yeah. something no. that you're watching it. And you're yeah. Like, oh hell yeah, sure. Oh I yeah, that, that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. because like they were headbutting earlier, weren't they? Yeah, that, I like that, but I thought the match itself was middling. I th- yeah, I think this At was best. probably the yeah very very middle of the road match. There was nothing really too exciting yeah. in it. Um, I thought this was the match that really highlighted how bad the camera work is in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the kind of the ringside camera work. Specifically, uh, the camera guys who were on the apron. Yeah, there was many times like there was one of the, in the the Muta and um, Luger match. Is it? I might have been the Muta and um, yeah the. Hang on, second. Because I can remember one in the Muta and Luger match, or maybe it's Luger and Flair. There's, I think it, I think it might have been Muta and Flair. Um, right. And he does a handspring, and you can you can't even see it. Oh yeah, you can't even yeah. see it. And there's yeah. there's a few instances. Of there's one similar, I think I think it's in similar bullshit. I think it's in, in Luger match. versus Flair or Luger versus Muta. Luger backs them into the corner. And he does the big pose and he like sc- screams and all, but you just see some fat board in the audience. Like you can hear him screaming in the back, but you don't actually see him posing. And you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, and then also just headbutts are great. Headbutts are good if you can do it. Like the hair that the Samoans have covers them really Definitely, well, yeah, doesn't it? Because like, it, it really swings it, and yeah. you can't see what's happening. Like. Um. Other than that, I, yeah, and I don't really feel too strongly about this match either way. I don't think it was terrible. It wasn't terrible, but it, like. If I had to watch the pay-per-view again, it'd be one I'd skip. Absolutely. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree with you. James, did you like it? It's a match I will never think of again yeah. the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah. It once, happened. Once I'm done editing this, awful. once I'm done editing this episode, I'll forget this ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake. Right. Match number eight is number eight. Lex Luger. <laughs> Lex Luger versus Ric Flair. So I noticed that Gary Capetta says it's an elimination tournament when it isn't, mate. <laughs> no, no. Right? And we see arguably the, one of the shit signs I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> Did you see this sign? No, I didn't see it, was it? It's just some, today and every day, Flair and NWA improve some way. <laughs> what? Did you not see it? Like, they actually had, like, they were stood in front of this, it was this, like, black elderly man, I say elderly, he's probably in his 50s, who was wearing white gloves for whatever reason. He was holding this sign up over his head and said, Today and every day, Flair and NWA improve some way. That's nice rhyme scheme. It's a nice rhyme scheme. Oh, we'll fuck. review it later in Poetry Slam. Poetry Slam. <laughs> fuck Poetry Slam. Oh, well, we understand why you don't like it, Graham, but I actually think it's a very good sign. <laughs> it's got a nice meter. Does it, yeah? Shove that meter up your fucking hole. <laughs> There's always fucking poetry involved in wrestling. What's that about? <laughs> You anyway, understand. <laughs> I hate you. So the match itself. Lots of stalling at the start with both men roiling up the crowd. Very slow pace until Flair unloads his signature chops. Luger tries to run away from them but Flair gives chase, unleashes more chops and goes to work on the arm. He hits a nice butterfly suplex for a two count before going back to the arm. 
Luger escapes by putting his thumb in Flair's eye, but Flair quickly bounces back and gets a succession of near falls with various different roll-ups. Flair goes back to the arm, but Luger picks him up and guillotines him across the top rope. Luger puts the boots to Flair and gets a near fall from a trio of elbow drops. With five minutes remaining, Luger hits a big press slam and then a stunner over the top rope before stomping the hell out of Flair like a madman. With three minutes left, Flair gets a two count from a desperation backslide. He does the Flair flop when whipped to the corner, but eats a Luger clothesline when he comes off the top. Luger continues the assault, and with one minute left, Flair climbs the turnbuckles but is slammed off into the centre of the ring. Luger misses a follow-up elbow drop and Flair cinches in the figure four. Luger screams in pain, but the time limit runs out before he submits, and it's declared a draw, and both men get five points. That 15 minute time limit draw lasted 17 minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know yourself, yeah. And I felt that showed because I felt, I'd say the first five or six minutes, I felt it was quote, especially he worked the arm a long time. I know they were doing the time the time limit, but uh, don't get me wrong, I think this was still a good match, but only like the latter 60%. I, compl- I was going to say the exact same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this, it, the, it, it the took a while. Match, like, yeah, it took, it took a while to warm up. As yeah. soon as kind of like, you know, Flair starts doing the quick pins. Yeah. That sort of thing. That's yeah, when it yeah. kicks off, yeah. I think for me anyway. Like at the start, Luger is, he, Flair has Luger in a wrist lock and he's, he like, just, he's like this and he's talking to the crowd. He's like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. So like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you doing? I, I know, I know, I know. It's all about fucking showmanship and stuff as well. But you're, someone has your hand, and you're supposed to be yeah. fucking kind of trying in pain. Yeah, trying yeah. to escape, like not focusing something. on people. Like, obviously, he, like, it just really brought me out of it because it I just looks you, like yeah. Ric Flair is holding his hand. Essentially, yeah, you know. And then Flair, like, he had a kind of like a hammerlock on the ground, and they were there for ages. It was like they yeah. were spooning and taking a nap. I was like, <laughs> come on, like. I thought the um, the flare flop spot was savage. Yeah, he ate that fucking clothesline coming he off. He was, was just introduced to Luger's massive fucking arm. <laughs> yeah. Like he was like he just my massive arm. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do? Hey Rick, look at this bomb! Like he just oh, Luger has a beautiful clothesline by the way. He does, yeah, he it's does. actually yeah. really lovely. Like it's just great. These... I like the finish. Yeah, I liked it. I yeah, because honestly, I was there and I was invested and I was like, shit. Is I know, like it wasn't the actual fifteen minutes, but like him and I just don't like the way Gary Capetta announces it every match. But I know, obviously, if you don't do it every match, then the time yeah. of the draw is kind of you know what's happening yeah, then. Yeah. I kind of felt like I knew exactly where the finish was going as soon as he was in the figure four. I knew he wasn't going to tap yeah. out and it was going to be a time limit draw. But I feel like it's because it's two thousand eighteen. I've seen that finish. A yeah. few times in 1989, I probably would have been a lot more like, "Oh, what's gonna happen?" Yeah, I think for me, in retrospect, looking back at it now, like you said, it's fairly obvious. But I think I was just being a, a little mark. mark. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. That's it's what, what you want. want. It's yeah. what you want. When from you're a when show. you're a quote unquote smart mark, if oh. you want to call it that, which is basically every mark. Every mark is somewhat who's, smart. Who's anyway, who's not right? a child or yeah, or, or, adult, or like. mentally disabled or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't mean that as an offensive way. I mean genuinely, they might believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you're technically a smart mark because you know it's. You know, you might not know all the terms and shit. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's not. I like to be made feel like a little spa mark. Like, Same here, man. I like it's that enjoyable. because then I know it's 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 doing working. its job. It's yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you want. Oh, oh my god, his selling is awful. No, no, I like it when like I actually go. Jesus, he, he looks him. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, look at when I'm like, that clothesline looked horrible as opposed to that clothesline was shit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, Definitely. Yeah. Because we like good things. Yes. <laughs> Why can't we have good things? I thought this was a decent match. Grand, yeah. I thought, yeah. It, was, I thought it, was it was a, the, a really it's good match. The, probably the, the least best of the three Luger Flair matches we've seen, but maybe that's because yeah. Luger was the heel as opposed to Flair being the heel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So match number nine is the New World Samoans versus the Steiner brothers. Now this is the point I mentioned for the sixth time world champion Ric Flair. Gary Capetta doing the full length introductions for the wrestlers every, every single time. Yeah. It really grated on me by this point. I was like, you don't need to say every like the big kahuna presents from the just They've already been introduced. We've seen them three four times already. Come I on. enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it was doing me mal. <laughs> I was actually saying that to Katrina earlier when we were finishing watching. I was like, really enjoy Michael Gary Cavetta the way he keeps saying this. Uh, I was like chanting it along. No, it fucking did my <laughs> nut in. There was a, a thing from Cornette around this. I think I think it was around yeah. this match and he calls uh, Capetta the most dangerous announcer in the world. <laughs> yeah. Jim Ross does it later on. Jim Ross does, does it as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another thing that Jim Cornette mentions here briefly is listen to that music about the Samoans. Now, obviously, it's overdubbed on the network, but they actually used the Halloween theme tune. Oh, no way. The, like, from the John Carpenter 1979 <laughs> film. Yeah. that's It's pretty fucking deadly. Yeah, yeah. Dun, those two lads dun, coming down the fucking... Dun, like yeah. That. yeah, it's cool. So, the match is... Rick pisses the Samoans off by continuously interrupting their little hacker ritual, which I got a little kick I, out of. I really... Uh, yeah, I got yeah. shit up. Uh, the Samoans, in turn, mimic the Steiner signature pose... You know, the kind of dog pose. Yeah. I, like, I liked all that. The Rick and the Samoan Savage start and Rick cracks himself and the crowd up by mocking the hacker again. <laughs> He's having a great time. Uh, they exchange some moves and Rick hits a big Steiner line sending the Savage outside for a breather. While Rick picks up one of the Savage's dreads that have fallen out and fixes it to his own wrestling so headgear. Good. So good. So silly. Fatu tags in but the exchanges end with the same result with Rick leathering Fatu with a Steiner line I wrote leathering because I remember thinking that Stoiler 9 was like, ah, yeah. so hard. It was it was ridiculous. The Samoans do the old switcheroo, but it has no bearing on the match. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that was, they got confused or Jim Cornette <laughs> thought they were doing something or what, but it was, it was yeah, very it weird. It kind of like fucking yeah. uh, dormant racism in there. Like, no, but not the same. <laughs> but it could, but they, he wasn't the legal man who got back in. Like, oh, so but they actually did do the switch. They did, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, See, I it was, can't even tell. There's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now who's racist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fatu's so, the one with the big arse. Fatu is the um, uh, your man that was Rikishi. in the WWE after, wasn't it? Wasn't he with the bleached hair and he wrestled with those Rikishi. dancers? Oh, uh, yeah. Ricky. Oh, Rikishi. Yeah, Ricky yeah. Shee, yeah. Ricky Shee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Shee, yeah. Richard Shee. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Shee. <laughs> Get a large arse, didn't he? See, he did have a very big bottom. And yeah. He used to rub it in people's faces. Yeah, it mm. used to be called uh, the smelly face or something. Mm. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. we're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, he might make it someday. I'm fucking lost now. <laughs> um, so Fatu grabs Rick for the Savage to hit, but Rick ducks and the Savage levels Fatu. The Simone start arguing and the Steiners encourage them to fight, but they hug it out instead to a chorus of boos. Scott misses a Frankensteiner which allows the Samoans to gain control. They beat up Scott including crotching him on the steel guardrail outside the ring. Rick runs in and bites one of the Samoans on the arse at one point. <laughs> Classic Rick. But is quickly ejected back to the apron by the ref. Fatu latches on a bear hug and then hits a low blow while the ref's back is torn but Rick breaks the pin attempt. Scott breaks out of a second bear hug and hits a beautiful Frankensteiner on the Samoan Savage but he still can't make the tag. With two minutes left Scott moves out of the way of a leaping headbutt but can't make the tag again. It doesn't matter as Rick has had enough and comes rushing in belting both Simones with Steiner lines. Now this pissed me off. <laughs> Scott back body drops one of the Simones over the top rope which is illegal under the NWA rules but behind mm. the ref's back like so blatantly behind the ref is like facing the camera and it's over his shoulder but anyway the ref DQs him anyway because fuck it. 
at 14 minutes and 5 seconds giving the Samoans for their 10 points mm. I liked this match but what I didn't like was kind of and I know it's hard when the Samoans were against Doom it was a heel versus heel thing and I know they had to play face-ish but they were like completely different now like yeah. they were pure biting the ropes and all yeah that, pure and evil heels now and that finish really fisted my arse it was yeah. annoyed me I suppose the thing about it is like you know when it was did. the ref the ref was out of place like the ref was meant to sit obviously Scott Steiner can't stop a back body drop and wait for the ref to turn around yeah of course of course. so the ref, was the, one, the ref was yeah. the one the ref was the one who was at the same time though like you, you're out there kind of putting forward this point system and you know with different variations yeah. of how you can score these points you kind of almost need to make sure that you hit at least one of those variations in one of the matches at some yeah. stage like you know so there's been a draw a pin and a count out and a DQ and a, and a, and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, th- I much prefer the theatrics to this match than I did the in-ring, the actual in-ring action. Yeah, I get you. Um, I the thought, comedy boy Rick was very good. I thought it was brilliant. I thought when the when the two Samoans were fucking, you know, they were getting a little bit pissed off with each other, and Rick was just standing there, he was like, "Hit him! Hit him! Hit him!" Yeah, I thought it was fucking. I was literally sitting there laughing my ass off. He was proper getting like, he yeah, was, he was like really getting into it. Like, uh, you know? he's a good lad, Rick. I don't know what like. I actually like never knew Rick was this good. No, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, it's all. because obviously they separated and Big Papa Pump got the singles push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's kind of when I knew wrestling from the mid nineties onwards. Obviously, well, it's when I knew WCW yeah, from the mid nineties yeah. onwards, and I never knew he was this good. Like, how much older than Scott is Rick though? I think it could be. Yeah, like I feel like by the time we were watching, they were probably like done with pushing Rick. Maybe yeah. Well, maybe I, w- I would have seen them in I would have seen them in WF when they had the brief run in yeah. like the early nineties, but that's about it. Yeah, like you know, they, it's a sorry a bit of trivia. Their surname is Rick Steiner. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, so it's his Scott name is actually whatever, Rick Steiner. Yeah, his name's actually Robert. Robert Rick Steiner. Yeah, and Scott Rick Steiner. No way. Yeah, it's like it's like Rick is spelt like R I E C H. Yeah, yeah, It's a weird like Germanic name. Yeah, like yeah. That's, so that's, that's why they just that's call him Rick Steiner. Like. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I like, it, I like, it. I like that. Obviously, where they come from, or their parents or grandparents. Yeah. You know. Match number ten is the Great Muta versus Lex Luger. I really like the way Luger limps to the ring because he's injured from that figure yeah. four. Good sell. And he used the steps as well. I don't mm. know. And they kind of pointed that out. That was pretty cool. So we get a slow start with a few lockups going nowhere. Luger whips Muta off the ropes and leapfrogs him, hurts his leg on the landing, and crumbles to the mat. Muda immediately goes after the injured leg with vicious martial arts kicks and applies a toehold. Luger makes it to the ropes. He tries fighting back but collapses when attempting a suplex and Muda once again zeroes in on the leg. Muda whips Luger to the corner and I thought this was deadly. Luger stumbled across. Mm. Yeah, you know yeah, when you see a match good. and someone's beating up the leg and then the Irish whipped them. They're just legging. They're just legging. Yeah, yeah. Luger was like hobbling and hit the turnbuckle on the opposite side. I thought that was deadly. Muda hits his patented handspring back elbow and goes back to the leg. Luger rakes the eyes but can't mount much offence and ends up trapped in a single leg Boston Crab. Muda lets go and teases the Muda lock which the crowd comes alive to. They're, he had the kind of legs mm. crossed and he was doing this and they were all like... Oh. Yeah, interesting like as a heel that he's slightly playing up to the crowd yeah. and everybody loves him because he's so damn cool even though he's he a He is heel. cool if he's a heel. It doesn't yeah, exactly. even matter yeah, he's a heel. A, yeah. Yeah. He slaps on the... It's not called the Muda lock at this point obviously. yeah. He, he invented it though and it's fucking deadly mm-hmm. but he slaps on the Muda lock and Luger writhes in pain before eventually making it to the ropes Luger unloads a flurry of right hands but is taken down bro spunk kick here it was meant to be spin kick <laughs> mm, he, it's not I a like spunk, kick. spunk kick he's taken down with a spin kick sorry it was quite spunky though we're told two minutes remain and Luger again fires back with his beautiful clothesline and both men go down they get back to their feet and Luger 
hits a sloppy hip toss and then throws Muda outside. Muda comes back in with a slingshot sunset flip but only gets two. With one minute remaining, Luger hits a scoop power slam and signals for the torture rack. He gets distracted by Gary Hart in the apron and when he turns back around, Muda blows the poison mist in his face. However, the ref sees it and disqualifies Muda at 11 minutes and 8 seconds to give Luger 10 points. And yeah, I know Dave was saying like if you have this point system, you have to expect that they're going to use all the different mm, finishes and mm. that we're going to get a disqualification in the singles tournament as well. But I just didn't really like, like why, why would Muda do that? With the ref yeah. blatantly yeah, watching, why would he yeah, just? Muda's not a gobshite. Like, like why now, would he get himself yeah. disqualified? Like, he's not. I know. Okay, he's lost his first two matches. Maybe he's pissed off. He's not going to win anyway. He was like, the spoiler, just, wasn't he? That's, that's what they called. That's him. what they called him. Yeah. So he, he, could, he couldn't win, so he, he had just to wreck everyone else. Yeah, wreck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that, I didn't really like that finish, but I liked a lot of the match up to that. I thought yeah, Luger's yeah, selling Luger's was really was good. Fantastic. Classic, yeah. He's and like really he's good. screaming and like yeah. I said, that run into the turnbuckle. And Muda's offense is always just deadly. Like yeah. yeah. He's something else. He is a beautiful man. He's very spunky. Yeah. Spunk kick. Spunk kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave. Yeah, no, I yeah. completely agree. It was um an enjoyable match for the most part. Some questionable booking decisions around it. But yeah. like overall I think at this point of the pay-per-view, I was getting a little bit fatigued. Yeah. You know, it, it was hard. And maybe that is of, part of it. It's like, you're only seeing these people over and over again. And yeah, that you know, kind of, the same yeah. kind of, We're not getting to see any new hairstyles, no new mullets. No, it's just no. the same lads yeah, over and yeah. over again. Um, but yeah, no, enjoyable nonetheless, though. Like, you know, I, I enjoy all, like, all the parts that you guys brought up there yourselves. Yeah. Like the, especially uh, Luger selling was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. My head is just wrecked there for a minute. Sorry. Because I opened that can while we had paused recording, and now mm. the world is. Yeah, just no, a, I had opened the, the can while we had paused recording. The, I didn't, I didn't, the world I didn't, is a darker place. It is indeed. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. No, no, no. I, no, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, it's. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty disappointed with myself. To be perfectly honest. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. I'm disappointed with you too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I won't be able to hear that because Darren was halfway across the room when he yeah, said yeah. it. <laughs> I've had enough of you in here. <laughs> I'm only wanking you off. I'm only wanking you off. <laughs> <laughs> Too tired for this. Right, so lads, some bad news. This ah, is no. the final full, I'll say, full time appearance of the Great Muta. Because oh, we will see him. Sp- really bad. We'll news. see him sporadically show up uh, maybe five or six more times over the next six or seven years. But yeah, this is right. his last. Now, he had a very short run. Yeah. Now, what do you was what a year you, contract he had? I think it was. No, he'd go back to New Japan, where he'd win the G1 Climax in '95. Uh, he'd win the G1 Tag League five times: '93, '94, '97, '98, '99. He'd win the IWGP World Tag Team Title six times, the IWGP World Heavyweight Title four times, and then in 2002, he'd move full time to All Japan. 2002, like he's yeah. what a bloke. Where he'd win. The World's Strongest Tag Determination League three times. The Champions Carnival Tournament three times. Which is basically like the G1. Yeah, the World Tag Team Championship five times. And the Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship three times. Grand. Then in 2013, he set up his own promotion, Wrestle One. Mm -hmm. And he also won Tokyo Sports, which is a daily sports newspaper in Japan. He won the Match of the Year Award twice. In 99 and 2011, so like... 2011? 2011? Yeah, yeah. Holy with shit. who? Uh, I don't... Oh. oh, we'll have to find that out yeah, and watch that match. Really. Yeah, but I suppose The Undertaker probably had uh, a decent match yeah. at 48. Ken, uh, it was, he teamed with Kenta Kobashi against Takashi Iizuka and Toru Yano. Toru Yano was in the match of the year? 
Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was in 2011. 2011 uh, must have been a bad out, year. Outstanding Performance Award in 98, Tag Team of the Year Award twice in 1990 and 2005. <laughs> like, 25 years later. <laughs> uh, the Wrestler of the Year Award four times in 95, 99, 2001 and 2008. So like he's just deadly. Yeah. That's Tokyo Sport. Then Wrestling Observer, which I don't know how Tokyo Sports has voted, but Wrestling Observer is fan voted. Two thousand one must have been a whopper year because he won the best wrestler move for the Shining Wizard, and then the match of the year, the most improved wrestler, the wrestler of the year, and the reader's favorite wrestler all in two thousand one. The most improved, like he wasn't good before. (laughs) He must have had a really bad. No, he was really good, but now he's really, really good. And then. The wrestling he was inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in ninety nine, which is peer nominated. Yeah, so it's actual yeah. wrestlers and former wrestlers and whatever. Yes, and so he was really yeah, like, so he he did alright. Yeah, he did yeah, not bad, like like a w, short little yeah. stint in WCW like <laughs> Match of the Year two thousand eleven. So ridiculous that Still story. Yeah, well, do, you know what? He got match of the year in two thousand eleven. WCW went out of business ten years before that. So yeah, well, he made the right choice. Well, <laughs> He outlasted them big time. Fucking like. hell. I didn't even think of it like that. That's actually fantastic, isn't it? Like, yeah, no, it is pretty cool. What a bloke. So, thoughts on Muta from the short like year and a half run we saw. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed yeah. watching his matches. He didn't have it. a bad match. Didn't have, no. not one. Not one actually, bad match. every single match he Wrestled had on was... every pay-per-view in the last year and a bit and he didn't have one bad match. probably the highlight of most characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just so innovative and ahead of his time and Different everything everything from like his movements his stance his presentation everything about him was fucking deadly yeah, yeah. just f- unreal yeah. yeah and like obviously he didn't do like promos but he didn't need that to get over with no, the American fans because he was didn't. so good like he was so mis- the mystery was what you didn't yeah, want to hear him yeah. talk you wanted to see him just be him yeah and it was so the shit yeah. out of him I was thinking about Muta when I was watching him and you know and like yeah. how you'd kind of handle a character like that nowadays yeah. and stuff and I don't think you could do it as well. Well, as he did I it. think maybe you could, but I don't think they would if he was in WWE. Like they wouldn't know what to do with him. Yeah. They no. try and make him do promos, and yeah, same way they try and get Nakamura to do promos. Yeah, and ask him just uh, Nakamura yeah. doesn't even need to do promos. Like no, just no. He does, but that's the thing. He let doesn't him, need let, to let do him promos. Just move his let arms him, and yeah, let him. <laughs> you know, just have a little bit of a flip his hair back. Yeah, that's over. You get a pop yeah. out of that. Like. <laughs> right. So match eleven. Is the final tag team match, and it is the new Wild Samoans versus the Road Warriors. So Animal and Fatu start. There's some brawling, and Fatu hits a pile driver that Animal just doesn't even sell for a second, and he just closes on his Fatu. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hawk and the Samoan Savage tag in and brawl by sloppily throwing chops at one another. The Savage hits an inverted atomic drop followed by a. A back body drop suplex kind of move thing that Hawk nearly lands on his head oh I know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Hawk then no sells a headbutt from the Savage and gets a two count from a drop kick does Hawk not know that Samoans have hard heads or yeah, what's exactly. going on like, more tags, he never seen wrestling before more tags and Animal hits a lovely power slam on Fatu <laughs> power slam he then power trips slam. up with a leapfrog on Fatu do you know that he was going too fast he had to stop himself so yeah, he trips up with a leapfrog and Fatu, and then they do an awkward spot where Fatu headbutts Animal in the stomach, and they both just crash to the mat in a heap. Yeah. Jim Ross tries his best to cover these botches by saying it's fatigue, which is a fair enough kind of thing from to do, like you know what I mean. But anyway, the Savage comes in and he rips at Animal's face and back. The Savage puts on a chin lock, and the crowd loudly get behind Animal, but the Savage grabs a handful of mullet and slams Animal back to the mat. 
The Savage misses a slingshot corner splash and Animal tags in Hawk and a four-way brawl erupts. Animal crosses Fatu on the top turnbuckle. He then runs at the Savage with a clothesline. The Savage ducks, but they somehow still manage to collide and Animal falls over like a big dope. <laughs> like a Hawk big flies dope. off the top with that knacker, horrible, vicious clothesline again into the Samoan Savage and pins him at 5 minutes 18 to pick up 20 points and win the Iron Team tournament with a total of 40 points. Hmm. This was a fucking shit heap. Yeah, it really didn't come together. They just didn't gel at all. And just, I don't know. They were no selling, like, I mean, I don't mind you no selling a chop or no selling a kick, but don't no sell a Samoan headbutt. <laughs> and definitely don't no sell a pile fucking driver, please. I do, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> I think, um, regardless of the quality of the match, mm. I think at this stage of the event, I was very fatigued. Yeah. Anyway. I get you, yeah. And it definitely put a negative spin on how I viewed the match. I think to a certain yeah, No, I understand. Like, no, Jim Ross probably is slightly right in saying they are fatigued, but like, yeah, that's kind of what made me delete that comment. I was like, yeah, he's got a point, but he does have a point. Time, but like, like you shouldn't. It's not. It's not. You the, shouldn't be running too fast that you're not going to hit the rope on time. No, but like, again, it wasn't you know, the it wasn't the booking of the match that pissed me off. It was the execution. Oh no, the match was fine by my start. Like. Well, apart from those no sells, that's, that's what I mean. Like the there no-sells, were blatant like, no sells. It wasn't like we see late. We're going to see in the next match some no selling, and we saw in a, another match Sting no selling. Rick Flair no sell chops against fucking Muta as well. Yeah, but like it was, was fucking. It wasn't too disgraceful. No, I guess what I guess what I mean is like you know from a, if you're thinking if you're thinking real life point of view, yeah, the lads are no selling because they're wrecked and because they're just after they're after doing two matches a piece each already, like you yeah. know, and they're fucking. And they just want to get maybe well, they just pile, want to get no selling a pile driver. Is no, okay. Well, that's maybe that's a booking thing as well. Then I suppose. But even the event. even the headbutt, like, it wasn't thing. like a no sell where you take it and you're not actually selling. It was like, you know, the no sell where you show you're no selling it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's bad yeah, at yeah, selling. Yeah, it was like you get hit and you look at them and go, yeah, Whoa, "What? What? Yeah, 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 yeah." No, I, I just I just think it was a, it was it kind of poorly put together, poorly planned out. Um, I got it lasted five minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, it was like I. Five or six botches in there. Yeah. In a five minute match. Yeah. A botch a minute. Well. a minute. Yeah, well done, Dave. I liked that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah right. After the match, the Steiners come out and congratulate the World Warriors because yeah. they're good guys. Hugs. Yeah. Ah, they're nice, aren't they? Ah, now it's time for our main event of main the evening. Main event. Sting, who has repainted his face, which I thought yeah, was Yeah, it was a really nice cool, touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Versus Ric Flair. So there's a nice handshake to begin. They woo at each other, and the crowd is at, the crowd are fairly fucking electric for this. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, there's some nice back and forth chain wrestling ending in Flair propping Sting on the top turnbuckle and smugly giving him a clean break. They do a test of strength with the top wrist lock, and Sting comes out the victor. This time it's Sting who gives the clean break. Some very fast action which culminates in Sting hitting a press slam, and Flair bails out for a breather. More fast action and Sting gets a near fall from a backslide before Flair brings out the trademark chops and lays into Sting all around the ring. Sting reverses a hip toss into a high hip toss of his own and fires off a duo of drop kicks. Flair throws Sting outside and hurls Sting into the steel barricade and starts back up with the chops. Flair brings Sting back in with a delayed vertical suplex which gets a two count. Flair gets a succession of near falls including one from a cool abdominal stretch cradle. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, me. It was pretty cool. And another from a butterfly suplex. Flair whips Sting to the buckles, but the Stinger bounces right back out with a clothesline for a near fall of his own. Flair goes outside for a breather, but Sting follows. Flair wallops Sting with chops, but Sting shakes his head and no-sells them all. Yeah, it was cool. That was really cool. Like, 
that's the type of no sound that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that, like, that, that, that's yeah, it. Yeah, it makes, yeah, hit me. I'm not yeah, gonna feel it. Yeah. I'm fucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sting hits a slingshot sunset flip, but Flair drops a big right hand to counter it. With four minutes left, Flair tries to suplex Sting from the apron to the outside, but Sting reverses into a suplex of his own and gets a two count. Flair throws the chops and Sting is having none of it. With three minutes left, Sting hits the Stinger splash and slaps on the Scorpion Deathlock, but Flair quickly makes the ropes. Flair immediately hits a shin breaker and locks on the figure four, but Sting makes the ropes. Flair goes after Sting's knee. Sting gets his desperation backslide but it only gets two and Flair hits another shin breaker and with 30 seconds left Flair goes for the figure four again but Sting rolls him up and pins him at 14 and a half minutes to win 20 points and the entire Ironman tournament. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I enjoyed this because yes. these two have chemistry out the Definitely. wazoo. Yeah, out the wazoo. As, the wazoo. Said, as yeah. it said. Very accurate description. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like you literally only watched this as I walked in. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's fresh it's in the memory. Well, I only yeah, watched absolutely. it probably two hours ago as well. Yeah, so no. Yeah. What, what, what I will say, like there was a lot of little touches that I really enjoyed, like the sting coming back out with his face painted again. That was really good. Um, yeah, and then Flair not coming out with the robe because yeah, he's like he's wrestled going, three matches. He's just yeah, he's, he's just here to wrestle now. He's yeah, not like. He is. Uh, but yeah, no, like it was a very enjoyable match. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have any criticisms of it. I don't no. think it's the best thing Flair match you'll Absolutely ever see. I not. think well, fifteen we minutes. Seen him wrestle, have we on pay per view? No, no, but I'm saying it's not the best one you oh. will ever see. Oh, we will I have see seen yeah, other yeah, ones, yeah, yeah. but I think like as far as a fifteen minute match, it was yeah. very good. If you're if you're looking for Flair Sting, you want a, they they needed a good thirty minutes. Yeah, and they yeah, fucking they have yeah, it in your hand. Proper you story. Yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But it was it was good for what it was yeah, yeah I think so as well yeah I thought it was very it was a strong finish to yeah, the show yeah, like to the as, tournament as the Especially main event it, kind of, it slumped in the second half yeah it, it was yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. No, it went up for a good bit of the yeah, first yeah. half then you know kind of evened out and then I do so think this was finish. the match a lot of the crowd was there to see as well they're kind of waiting yeah they're, they're kind of waiting yeah. all night for like Sting Flair yeah. and it made sense to put it on it's one of the yeah. main event as well and this yeah. was a deciding match as well wasn't yeah, it yeah because I them if it was a draw Luger wins if and then a fighter them win they win they win yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a pretty you know yeah, that's, yeah. That's some high stakes for for a main event yeah. you know actually um, I think they both had to win by and what Sting had to win by pin or submission well they both had to win by pin or submission because mm. Luger had a DQ yeah, victory DQ, yeah so if they, either them were DQ'd or won by DQ or count out they wouldn't have won it so it had to be a finish like yeah, yeah. I it might have been mentioned but I don't think I picked up on it like what were the actual stakes of the tournament did you get anything for winning like was uh, there you're a, the superstar of the nineties. <laughs> well, what what anyway. oh, was that it? But like, was there I don't, I don't a title that, shot I don't or anything? Just on that, yeah. I thought it was weird that they had the tag team champions in the tag tournament and the yeah. world champion in the. Yeah. They had all three singles champions in the. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know yeah, the mean? TV yeah, title yeah. and the fucking the, the US as, the US well, yeah, as yeah. well. But I thought it was weird as well that both kind of world titles they lost. Yeah, yeah. I assume it will play into. Obviously, they had a reason to do it, but it was curious. Like, although I'm saying that. The Steiner, how did the Steiners lose? Did they get pinned? I can't even remember. Um, Steiners lost to the Road Warriors. Oh no, they didn't. They beat the Road Warriors. Oh, they beat the Road Warriors. Sorry, yeah, they, with that was a, shoulder was a, up. Um, Rick rolled into the ring. Yeah, so I can't even. Then. Can't even remember. We only no, just talked about. Oh yeah. Oh, it was the DQ loss. Ah yeah. That's yeah so yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. actually. They they were, they they were the champs were never pinned. Yeah yeah. I know Flair was pinned, but Flair's Flair is Flair. Yeah. And I think I think Flair can there. be yeah Flair can be pinned especially if he's using it to elevate Sting yeah. to that next level to, to the level that he's on yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. and it, it wasn't like 
Sting wiped him out. Oh no. He there was thirty seconds left, so Flair is rushing to put the figure four on yeah, because yeah. he knows thirty seconds and Sting capitalizes. There's a mistake mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rolls him up. Yeah, shows, it shows they're on a similar level. And yeah. Cues it up for the next yeah. kind of So match. then speaking of that, after the match Aaron and Ole come out and you think there's gonna be a beatdown, but Flair shakes Sting's hand, hugs him, so does Ole, and then Aaron is aggressively telling him to come here, come here, and he shakes his hand and then he indicates that Sting is the fourth horseman. The new four The new horseman. four horseman. Sting. Oh. Warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like that, Dave? It's brilliant. So, Gordon Soley then interviews the road warriors at the top of the ramp. Bog standard. Shh, not great. Tell them Hawk. <laughs> no, they interview Hawk for so we can't even yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's annoying. Right, so, and then Gordon Soley's like, if we could get an interview with uh, Sting now, and then uh, it just cuts to the credits. Yeah. And you can hear the, you hear the audio. And Ric Flair praises Sting. And then Gordon Soli turns to Sting. And it, sh- it ends! It ends before you even hear what Sting has to say. So that's shit, isn't it? He has nothing to say. Right. So, finances. It did a 1.3 buy rate, which is 130,000 buys. Which is down 20,000 from last year's Starcade. And down 45,000 from Halloween Havoc, the previous Jesus. pay-per-view. Yeah. I don't know if they did a bad job of like actually promoting the fact that you're gonna get to see all these deadly matches I watched, I watched kind of the build up and like I said that singles build up at least not about the tag build up yeah. but the singles build up was really good yeah. yeah but like would maybe this the tournament idea wasn't going over maybe people didn't have money at Christmas they weren't ready yeah. for it maybe or it's a Wednesday night it's not Wednesday night, night. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. a big one alright are you staying up till no I have work tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. but normal life yeah you know bad isn't it mad yeah. um, average ticket price guesses Twenty dollars. Eleven. Yep. <laughs> Seriously? I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Well, eleven dollars sixty six cents, but eleven, Love which is rough, which is roughly uh, twenty three dollars in two thousand and eighteen money, which is okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's decent value for what you. Got. So, because this is the end of, we won't do an eighties retrospective until our next pay per view. Mm-hmm. But I'd we'll like probably to probably do a whole episode on an eighties yeah. retrospective. I'd like to go back over nineteen eighty nine after we give match the night. Worst match of the night, spot of the night, and overall thoughts. Mm. I'll go, can I go first? Do. Yeah, Fix yeah, things yeah. up, Graham. My match of the night oh. is going to be the main event. Yes. I would like to give an honourable mention to Sting versus Muda. And I think Flair and Luger as well was decent. Really good, yeah. yeah. The main event was just... It was just a crisp story from what you can cram into 15 minutes or roughly yeah, 15 yeah. minutes. And it puts Sting over as a major player. Mm-hmm. And he would be a superstar in the 90s and beyond. I really liked it. Um, worst match of the night is Road Warriors versus the Simones because oh, it was yeah, just agreed. like dropping Crap. the ball at every point of the game. Like it was sloppy. There was no need, unjustified no selling and just, it seemed like they were actually fighting each other. It was kind of <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like they weren't on the same page. It was it was bizarre and the only the only saving grace was that it was less than six minutes but that's about it. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. Mm. In saying that, the show is a pretty decent card. The, especially the four singles matches are all fantastic. The majority of the... Sto- well, no, all the Steiners matches are good. And Doom... Ver- basically, rule out the Simones and you've got a pretty yeah, decent yeah, card. Definitely, yeah. Everything else... Uh, you know, I, I'd recommend it. I don't, it didn't seem to do too well. It doesn't get too many mentions. I think business-wise, financially, it wasn't great. But I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm, and I, I'd recommend at least watching the singles tournament. If you want mm. to skip some matches, yeah, but, yeah. and the Steiners because they're deadly. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I did it. you say what your spot of the night? Was? Oh it, shit! What the fuck would be my spot of the night? 
this is a tough one. Do you want to go around and we'll come back? Yeah, yeah, please. I have a couple to think of, yeah. Okay. (laughs) My match of the night, I'm very close between two, but I'm going to give it... No, no, look at you. You'll just be talking. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna yeah. give it to uh, Muda and Sting over the main event just because it's the last time we're gonna see Muda, and it just like I really enjoyed the fast pace action and just that they were like doing stuff that you wouldn't really expect to see in 1989. Really good match, but the main event was also very good, so an honorable mention for that. Worst match of the night, I don't think, is really gonna be coming up for much debate. No, I'm gonna so. agree with Graham, um, the Samoans and the Road Warriors. This mm-hmm. it was just botches and shite, and it was five minutes that I didn't need to waste. Um, overall thoughts. Overall thoughts. I really enjoyed the presentation of the show. I really enjoyed the stage area and the way they presented everyone at the start. Um, I liked the way they mixed up the commentary teams for the different tournaments. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a nice touch. And yeah, like I don't know, like the feeling of the show, I thought was very good. There was something about it that it was like kind of nostalgic, even though I hadn't ever seen it before. Yeah, it just yeah. it was had that real '80s wrestling feel. And with a tournament, you don't really need to know that much. You just you can everyone can identify with a tournament like. The winner is getting points, and it's really important then in the last matches because the stakes, even though we don't know what the stakes are or what they're going to get for winning it, it still kind of sucked me in at the end. Um, And yeah, like I I would recommend people watch this show just to kind of get a feel for what 80s NWA was and how different it was to wwf in the 80s like we didn't mm-hmm. see a single promo on this uh, entire card until the very end after it was yeah, over no, celebrating you hardly call it a promo as well yeah an yeah interview it was an interview like, yeah. yeah and like it's not the best <clears throat> card you'll ever see but it held my attention the whole way through and it was something different so yeah i would recommend it dave cool um i'm gonna i think this might be a first mm. for our podcast Three different bit matches of the night. Is that what you're going to say? Three different matches of the night, but the three same. <laughs> oh no, you you guys had the same match of the night, didn't you? No, no I, I went for Muda and yeah, so it is. Three different matches of the night, but the same worst match of the night. Yeah. Okay. So my match three, of the night is the uh, Steiners versus Legion of Doom. Mm, I had the most fun watching that match by that's a country yeah, mile. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was absolutely fantastic. You just had the crack, you had the yeah, crack. That's absolutely. how we, that's and how you know what? For all the warts on it and all, but they still doesn't matter. I think it was still the match that kind of revved my engine the most. Revved your engine. My engine. Look, yeah, look. It did it crack your cans? Go on. Oh my god, that's a new one. So, did it crack your cans? Um, worst one for me, yes, was the um, Spawn's versus Legion of Doom. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a good match. No, let me tell you. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Um, and I like the way they were in both your best and worst matches. Yeah, that's what. That, that's what. <laughs> yeah. That actually, yeah, Initially, when I said uh, 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 first for our podcast, that was what I meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, for all the reasons that you guys said, of course, it you know, it's, it's fairly kind of blatant, like, you know, overall thoughts, I think that the show was very entertaining, and yeah. um, I kind of have this uh, unconscious bias coming in to watch any sort of NWA, WCW show where I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is going to be a, sl- a slog, you know what I mean? Some of it does be sloggy, and I Some of it does, that. is what yeah, I mean, yeah, and, you yeah. know, from, from a historic kind of, you know, going through the original pay-per-views and stuff, it does feel quite sloggy. More so on WF when, you know, fucking... Big Boss Man versus Earthquakes yeah, coming up yeah. next or something yeah. like that. 
Um, but I really, really enjoyed the show for the most part. I found it very know, easy to watch. Yeah. Very easy to yeah, watch. Yeah. And the, tr- the, the two hours and 50 minutes or whatever it was did not feel like two hours no, and 50 no, minutes whatsoever. No. I, like, there's been plenty of pay-per-views in the past where I'd be like, all right, I'll check how much longer I have because I need to cut it up. I've done that, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, jeez. No, there will be a Literally, few. I've only watched a half an hour. Because obviously, like, because yeah, yeah. like, I'm doing all this, like, find the, the match times. I'll be like, if I find out the next match is like 18 minutes, so I sometimes turn it off because I'm like, I, just don't, I can't be watching an 18 minute match right now do you know what I mean like, <laughs> I had to cut it up into 3 hour long uh, well, that's views a, that's a fair because I knew quote, that like, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to no, concentrate no, on 3 can't. hours of WCW if it's not a live <laughs> pay per view that like you know if you're going to watch Wrestlemania or something like that yeah, live or Royal Rumble you're, that's you're, a you're, yearly thing yeah you're well, invested like, like, yeah. You know, but if you're watching a you know a, a, oh, oh, a 29 year yeah, old yeah yeah yeah, you know. um, yeah I, overall really enjoyable um, I like similar to you guys um like there are certain aspects of each tournament that I think I would recommend over others. I think if you take the four, like the four matches in each, no, twelve matches total. Right? Twelve matches total. Yeah. Twelve matches total. So like, you you get about seven deadly matches out of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think a good percentage. In fairness, you know, and it's a yeah. fucking savage percentage. Yeah, better percentage than most cards. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, most twelve match cards. Most twelve yeah, match yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, most fucking anything like. That size, you're gonna get a lot of filler. Yeah, especially like when we've been watching, let's say a twelve match WF card. Oh, it's we're, it's we're talking we're it's, talking three matches most. That better like, quality. You know, yeah. It'll be Ant with the Hart Foundation or Randy Savage. Remember WrestleMania three? I think it was no like, four. four. It was a four to yeah. sixteen matches, wasn't it? Oh. Like, yeah, and that was a tournament, and that was shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. It was shit. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm all for the 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 innovativeness of the of the the form of it and yeah. the, the actual content of it was great. A lot of really fun talented fantastic wrestlers in there all just fighting each other yeah yeah now you obviously have the negative side of it kind of okay, not getting as many mullets yeah. not getting as many mullets which no. is the most important yeah. part yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but I think overall I had a very positive experience watching this and I would probably yeah. recommend it to people yeah. um, and even like warts and all I think just go yeah. to Starcade 89 yeah. it's really enjoyable uh, did we give spots or no, no we haven't no, okay. I think I've found one okay uh, it is in Sting versus Muda and it was when Sting moves out of the way of the moonsault and Muda lands on his feet and then hits that fucking spunky spunk kick <laughs> yeah spunk <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it's it's that move from because you know when he hit the rib breaker that's his set up to the moonsault and he does it and Sting moves really early so you're thinking oh he's going to miss it but then he lands on the feet and then he levels Sting with that deadly jump yeah, and spin kick and I thought that like there was a lot of deadly there was a billion power slams, so I can't pick a really good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a, there was a billion stiff as a pedo in a playground clothesline, <laughs> so I can't pick one of them. So I think that was just a good spot and movement. Yeah, was really good, yeah. yeah I, I'm going to give my honourable mention to that spot because yeah. that was the one I had in my mind. But I think just for overall disgustingness I'm gonna give it to the belly to belly from the second rope in the Steiner uh, Legion of Doom yeah, yeah, yeah like he just he landed on his head <laughs> like he shouldn't be alive that like, was nasty but he's well not he's alive. not alive I know but he shouldn't have been alive <laughs> after that move is what I mean that was that came out wrong yeah harsh. yeah yeah um, he shouldn't be he's and, uh, an honourable mention in Spot of the Night is also gonna go to Aaron Anderson's polo shirt yeah, it was pink as well. Only, only yeah. he could, uh, who wore pink back then? Well, probably everyone. Aaron Anderson. Yeah, is who, is hard, the to that big question. hard cunt. <laughs> hard cunt is what he is. Dave, your spot um, of the night if you have. Yeah, one. no, my spot of the night is the same as Darren's. To be perfectly honest, I thought that belly to belly was absolutely fucking rotten <laughs> in a positive, in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honorable mention for me would probably go to the rib breaker moonsault to uh, Ric Flair's knees. 
That was cool as Spot, well. Which yeah. I thought it took me by surprise yeah. entirely. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, cool. that I get honourable honourable mention for me. So Starcade in was a success uh, yeah, for yeah. us, not for WCW. <laughs> yeah. Not monetarily. No, not financially. So, so as 1989 comes to a close, uh, I thought we'd do a little guessing game. And right, so I have the results of both Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the Wrestling Observer Year End Awards. Okay. They're they're both fan voted. Mm-hmm. The only difference is Pro Wrestling Illustrated is a kayfabe. My or at least mm-hmm. then was uh, like strictly kayfabe magazine, whereas Wrestling Observer wasn't so the readerships are probably quite different different yeah mm. I know I don't want to put you on the spot but a quick guess let's say so who do, wrestler of the year what was the last WWF uh, show we saw Survivor Series Survivor Series yeah. um, I'm trying to remember what happened in the main event of that uh, wrestler just think of 1989 in general <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage Oh fuck! Um, this is PWI now, yeah. Both. Oh, PWI and Wrestling Observer. Oh, they so same person won both. No, no, you can give me two if you want. Okay. Well, no, no, sorry. Who do you think is wrestler? Is wrestler the kind of? And then I'll tell you who, what the results are. I because in some cases it's the same person. Some awards. Okay, wrestler person. of the year. I'm gonna say is between Macho Man and Ric Flair. I probably would have gone for Ric Flair. Ric Flair won in both cases. Oh, so there nice. you go. Yes, uh, the feud of the year. Was 89 uh, Macho Man and Hogan? Yeah. Probably give it to that. Really? Yeah, I'd probably give it to that as well. Both gave it to Flair versus Funk. Oh, oh that was a savage fucking... Oh, yeah. I would have given that. it to Flair versus Steamboat from those three Whopper yes. matches. Was that, 80, was that all that was, 89? This is all 89. No, those Whopper matches were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 rubble, rubble, yeah. rubble. Um, tag team of the year. The Signers. The Rockers. Rest Observer gave it to the Rockers and PWA gave it to the Brain Busters. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all fair choices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most improved. Lex Luger. Yeah, Lex Luger. Bang on, yeah. Rest Observer gave it to Luger, whereas PWA gave it to Scott Steiner. So both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, match of the year. Uh, Flair Steamboat. Yeah, Flair Steamboat. Yeah. Which well, won all of them. <laughs> well, Pro Wrestling gave it to their second one at Wrestle War and... Wrestling Observer gave it to the one we didn't watch, the one that clashed the champions to a three falls match, but I'm sure it was fucking yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, best baby face. Sting. I don't know actually who was the best baby Yes. Like, who was the best like who's the best baby face? Yeah, I'd say Sting it's for me. Sting. Well, <laughs> both gave it to Hulk Hogan. Wow. Oh. He was a shit baby face this year. <laughs> and for the eighth year in the row in Wrestling Observer. Oh, he was an awful babyface this year. He, he was like his, fairness, his he was, logic was, was horrible in yeah, that yeah. feud with Macho Man. Uh, best heel. Best heel. Uh, no, in PWA, it's not called best heel. It's called worst remember. bad guy. Yeah, something like that. Or most favorite wrestler and most hated wrestler. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called best heel in Wrestling Observer. See, yeah, if it's most hated, I don't think Flair will win it because even though he was a heel, he was still kind of loved well, to a certain extent. Face then later, yeah. Yeah. Randy Savage. Right. Uh, well, yeah, if Hogan is the most loved, then Randy Savage is probably going to be uh, the best heel. Savage got it for the Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Terry Funk yeah, got it for nice. Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, he yes. was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And he was, he was quality. manager of the year. Of the year. Of, not, of the year. That's of 1989. Yeah, yeah. One. I'm going to give the woman no. <laughs> 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 so 
Sensational Sherry, maybe? Bobby Heenan, just because he's Bobby, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, yeah that's a <laughs> pro wrestling. It was Bobby Heenan, and Wrestling Observer was Jim Cornette for the sixth year in a row. Wow. Uh, before we get on to the next award, I'm going to fucking crack a lovely... Oh, you cracked a can. I'm going to crack a... Fuck you. Yummy. Oh, yeah. Now we get on to the bad ones. Derm is not going to be happy, let me tell you. <laughs> the Warrior's going to get uh, a lot so of awards here. Most overrated. The Warrior. The Warrior. The Warrior. <laughs> He's War- underrated. Worst show. The Warrior. That's <laughs> <laughs> Mania 5. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Worst match. Yeah, is The Warrior. Okay. The Warriors in it, but it wasn't on pay per view. It was Andre the Giant versus the Warrior. Oh, from that Saturday sounds pretty event. bad. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. It's garbage. Well, <laughs> I would say Andre had a lot of candidates. Worst feud. The Warrior. Warrior Rick Rude. No, no that was that a really was a good feud. feud you must I know. Yeah, but it's just we're going with the Warrior team <laughs> right, here. It was, uh, it was uh, the Warrior versus Andre. Yeah. Okay. The worst gimmick you won't get because we never saw them on pay per view. But I just wanted to include them. It was the Ding Dongs. Oh yeah. 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 Don't know if you heard no, them. Never heard so they were a tag team, and they uh, so ding dongs because bells make the sound ding dong. So they're basically they were based on Quasimodo, the bell ringer. So they had like fake hunchbacks because they had a hunchback they could never be pinned. They couldn't they get couldn't their shoulders down. Yeah, classic Jim Heard. That was a gimmick, like it's the a, ding dongs. It's a serious gimmick. Yeah, big fake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> it was it was around the same terrible. time as he wanted to have the Candy Man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the most obnoxious it's not the warrior he's not obnoxious at all it's um, Brutus Barber Beefcake that's a good answer I'd feel, yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. I, I would agree um, most obnoxious uh, Bad News Brown uh, Dusty Rhodes oh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. pretty um, obnoxious reader's least favourite wrestler like not just worst most hated least favourite yeah just reader's least favourite wrestler is the name of the award Hercules. That's a. I would have answered that. Yeah. Nah, nah. He was. He he had one good match this year. It's better than he's ever done before. Um. Oof. Least favorite wrestler. The Warrior. <laughs> yeah, it's the Warrior. It's the Warrior. It's ridiculous. Uh, worst wrestler. Not the Warrior. Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Solid answer. Um, earthquake. Andre the Giant. Yeah, which is mad that's, fair that's enough. Harsh. Yeah, as well. harsh but, but it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Like it's fair. On this uh, the day his worst film tag, is released. Worst tag team. Worst tag team. Um, the Ding Dongs. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it should be. <laughs> it really should be like. Uh, like the WWF tag team division was really good this year. Yeah. The small ones had a bad showing on the pay-per-view we just reviewed, but overall, I don't think they were that no, they, bad. No, they weren't no, they not that bad. Like, um, same as Muth, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Fucking... Yeah, I can't think of a really bad tag team. Oh, yeah, maybe um, the Powers of Pain. Dave? Or um, were a Bossman and Akeem a tag team this year? They were, they were yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Twin Terrors. They mm. weren't bad. No, they weren't bad. No. Neither were the Powers of Pain. No, but I'm just trying to think who Dave Meltzer might not like. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, well, it's his reader, so sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go with Powers of Pain as well. Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Powers of Pain. Fair play. It's boring. It's probably because yeah. they're boring. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Worst manager? Oliver Humperdinck. Yeah, Oliver, yeah Humperdinck's terrible, but... Uh, Mr. Fuji for the tour here in a row. What? Yeah. He's the best manager. <laughs> well, no, <that's> <laughs> calm down, Dave. Uh, worst on interviews. Hulk Hogan. 
<laughs> <laughs> Can't possibly be the warrior. He's the most charismatic man in the world. It's the warrior. <laughs> ah, that's ridiculous. It's the warrior. It's the warrior. Uh, most right. Most embarrassing wrestler. The warrior. <laughs> um, Red Rooster. Red Rooster. Yeah, that's a fucking great uh, Andre the Joint. Oh jeez, yeah. that's embarrassing no, in I, a different left, type of way. I left though. this negative award because I know this will make you happy after all that warrior yeah. stick. Most unimproved, as in who got worse? Like, over who's got shit? Like the warrior. <laughs> no, I said it would make you. Happy. Oh yeah, I thought you were messing, Andre. No, shitter than him, Jim Duggan. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, this we're is, not the only people who thought he was the, shit. This like is the best news yeah. in the world. Like you know, I, 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 I kind of feel like we're communicating. With the past. With the past. Yeah, Except like that they don't like the Warrior. What's wrong with them? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, ha- he hasn't had the WrestleMania 6 match or the two matches with Savage. Then they'll change their mind. What did he do that match with Rick Rude? They were, yeah, they were, fu- they were good, weren't they? They were all deadly, like, yeah. let's be honest. They're, they're just, just the- jealous. The his, Warrior. His steel cage match with Rick Rude at SummerSlam 90 is going to be... Right. So that's the end of 1989. For, Welcome well, to the 90s. Kind of. Who's going to be the superstar of the 90s? After tonight, I've got to say Sting. Who's your money on, Dave? Um, well, my money in hindsight is I on... I might say Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. well, <laughs> well, I would say for maybe the first half, it would probably be Brett the Hitman Hardy yeah, and yeah. then Stone Cold Steve Austin. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say for the first half, it's probably still Hogan. Oh, no. You can argue that, right. Oh, yeah. was it? 96 was NWO. Well, he left it? WWE in 93, but he wasn't a star by then. They, they didn't like... Fans didn't like him. Yeah, true. Yeah, he definitely mm. dropped He off wasn't the big dog in the yard, as the Undertaker would say. Or Roman Reigns. Or Roman Reigns. It's my yard now. Yeah, so our next, pay, our next episode will be... No Holds Barred. It's ridiculous. And we will do a nice 1980s retrospective of the entire decade we've just done we'll talk about who was good who was good who was Jim Duggan <laughs> so we're doing a film and a retrospective yeah well there's a match as well that sounds, oh, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great episode Zeus and Savage versus Beefcake and Hogan in a steel cage tag match that sounds amazing yeah Zeus um, anything with Beefcake and Hogan I want to watch <laughs> especially the <laughs> sex video no no um, yeah that'll be good we do a little ladies retrospective we'll have a nice time We'll talk, maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll count. I'll go back over our episodes and see who got like you know most matches of the night. The worst worst matches of the night. Not the warrior. I don't think the warrior ever got worse. <laughs> oh, did the warrior? No, the warrior never got a worse. Match no. His worst match was WrestleMania four against Hercules, but there was definitely shit matches on that card. That like, was an awful card. Yeah, well, it was bad, was wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That was his worst match on a card full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was so bad. Yeah. Right, we finishing up then? Slonga f- fall. Slonga fall. Can I re on Bowerlatch? Good Easter. Bye bye. Bye bye.